Hi in the hills of Happy Valley, Oregon. Welcome to Until We Meet Again, brought to you by the kind support of Cornerstone Funeral Services in Boring, Oregon, and listeners like you. I'm Elizabeth Fournier. This radio broadcast is an expression of our common ground and mortality, because after all, we are all in this together. Today's reading is edited and adapted from the writings of Matthew 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and when did we feed you? And thirsty, or when did we give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for me, it was one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine because you did it for me. My guest today is Mark Turnbull. He is a fellow programmer here at KKPZ 1330 AM. He is the host of Aging in Portland, which airs every Wednesday evening here at 5.30 p.m. and Saturdays at 11 a.m. And I actually had my first introduction to Mark that was very, very lovely. I had written a book and a publicist had sent an email to me, which read, and I quote, I just talked to the sweetest man and sweetest was all uppercase. He's a former pastor and the host of Aging in Portland at KKPZ 1330 AM. And he wants to interview you. It's a pre-record in-studio in Portland. And I thought, wow, the sweetest man in Portland wants to talk to me <laughs> on air. What a great day. Wow. that's I, <laughs> How do I live up to that? You just be you. Yeah, well, I guess so. So I, I am delighted to be here. This is, this is going to be fun because we've changed chairs. You're on the other side of the microphone, so to speak, maybe. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I'm very excited. This is fun to be here. Nice. Because normally I'm the one asking all the questions. Yeah. And now you're going to be asking. You're all not the in control. How does that feel? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with that. I figure yeah. I figure you'll just be fine. And you know where the mute button is. If something happens, that's not going to work for you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Well, my day here when I'd met you was lovely. It was a beautiful blue sky. It was in July. And after we talked, we were outside taking some pictures of the mountain. Luckily, you invited me back again. And um, now here I am talking on the radio, and I owe a huge thanks to you because my start at KKPZ was because of you, Mr. Mark Turnbull. And it it was going to continue on because in 2020, you're going to be getting some more invitations. And I have to say to our listening audience today, as well as my listening audience, my favorite guest of all time is Elizabeth Fournier and the Green Burial, the Green Reaper. And, and I, I've said that on the air, and I've had some amazing guests. I really have. Um, our uh, engineer, Roger, I think he's, he's seen all of our guests. And, you know, I've told him, you're my favorite. And I love what you are doing because, you know, this is the, probably the most important time of anybody's life is, is the end. And, and how we exit out of this world is so important, and I think that sometimes it's overlooked. One of the things that um, I enjoyed hearing you just say, you, you cited one of my favorite scriptures of all time, 
the Matthew the Matthew uh, chapter. When did we see when you've done it unto the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me? And that's one of the motivating factors for us um, being in the in-home care um, industry, where we our whole goal is to keep people independent in their own home. And that is one of the the impetus, the factors that we've been motivated by is to be able to minister to people, not necessarily just spiritually, but through our hands, combining the spiritual and the physical together. And what greater honor is there than to keep people in their own home and as comfortable as possible, even when they take their last breath? And And we've had many, many instances where I've held our client's hand and as they've taken their last breath. And it's the most honorable time in all of my life that I've had the experiences at at Comfort Care and being able to do that. And I appreciate you and your proactive aging stance. And it's so in the zeitgeist of what the world needs now. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you think about um, the world and it is aging. Um, We've never had this many people on this planet at this particular time in history, of any time in history. And uh, a huge population is aging, and we're all aging around the world about the same time. And uh, people don't know what to do with it. They don't, they don't really have a lot of answers. We're all kind of struggling. And when we got into this, this uh, um, line of work, and, 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 and I call it a ministry, because it really truly is um, a ministry of helping people to age Mm-hmm. And to age not just appropriately, but to age in the right place and helping people to figure that out and uh, all of the options. And so when we got into this business of uh, in-home care, uh, you know, I, when I would go into homes, private homes, and I would talk to families, people didn't even know the questions to ask and they didn't know where to go to get the resources and, and I know that there's a lot of agencies out there doing a lot of good works, but I felt like there needed to be something more. And that's why we created the radio program, Aging in Portland. We started that about three years ago, and then you were one of my guests, my favorite guests of all time. And I can say that, and I know that I'm probably going to, you know, play with a lot of other of my guests' minds and saying, now I thought I was your favorite. <laughs> But you're my favorite because not only do you have that wisdom and that breath and you got a great radio voice on top of it, but you also, you're, you're taking care of people's needs at a particular, t- very special time of their lives. And you've given them so many options and um, just the whole concept of green burial and the way we bury people, um, the body, and, and how we process and take care of that body is is very touching to me. Your praise is very touching to me. I'd went home and I had re um, hashed that conversation we had about that and mentioned that you'd mentioned that on the air to my husband. And I was in tears. And I said, that's amazing coming from a man like that, who I greatly admire, who's doing great things out there. Yeah, well, we'll continue together. Nice. Um, because we all have a place and a part in this process of aging. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're our company, um, Comfort Care, Home Care, of West Lynn is taking care of as many people as we can to keep them independent in their own home. But at some point, it is appointed for all men to die once. And, and, and then comes the judgment, as you know. I don't want to make sure you all know the comfort care is 
capital C-O-M, capital F-O-R, capital C. A-R-E altogether. You can find out about them at their website. Also, the aginginportland.com. It's there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. absolutely. So it's been, a, it's been a wild ride, fun ride. Oh, my goodness. I thought um, being my time in the ministry, my time in the corporate world um, introduced me to enough of, uh, of humanity and what makes us all tick. But when you get into in-home care and you know, you're you're at a very vulnerable time going into people's homes, and and caregiving is at the center of what we do. It it is our product. A caregiver is our product. Sounds really weird to say that a caregiver is a product because we're talking about human beings, but they really are. And how we build those caregivers up is how well we can keep people independent in their own home with that dignity and um, that quality of life that everybody desires. So as you go through your life, spreading your your joy and your wisdom here on air also in comfort care and what you're doing to help people stay in their homes, what do you see in your personal world? Just what would be a perfect day? A perfect day. Well, a perfect day is if I could meet every one of my clients. Um, We have over 100 clients, so I know that that's physically impossible. But just that... um, I, I really enjoy um, meeting people. I, I make it a, um, a high priority that I meet every new client that comes into Comfort Care Door. Um, I, I sign every client up. I try to meet every um, one of our um, clients and their families. And then I meet every caregiver that, uh, that comes through our doors. And we have over 100 caregivers. And every Wednesday, we're recruiting and bringing in more caregivers. I want to meet every one of our clients, every one of our caregivers. That, to me, is the perfect day. I love it. And, and I truly mean that. I mean, without the and because we are in a relationship-driven business. And it's not a transaction. And I think that one of the difference between with what we do in in-home care, in-home care is, is relationship. We're going in to somebody's home, and it's the most intimate job in the world. When you think about that, a perfect stranger going into somebody's home, mm-hmm. and, and now you're, you're dressing them, you're bathing them, you're toileting them. What, that, there's nothing more intimate and personal than that. And, and yet we're, we are doing that to keep them independent in their own home. And um, it's very relationship-oriented as opposed to when mom and dad go into a long-term care community of some kind, whether it's an independent living community or assisted living or memory care community, that is more transactional in the type of care that they provide. And what I mean by that is that um, they have a few caregivers on each floor and they're covering that floor and they're going from room to room to room and they've got to get Mrs. Smith up and Mrs. Jackson up and Mrs. Johnson up and Mrs. you know whoever up, Mr. And um, they got to get them bathed and toileted and showered all before, before breakfast. So the structures are set up in a long-term care community to be very transactional in its care. In in-home care, we have all day or we have four hours, and it's imperative that we not just perform the transactional caregiving duties that are assigned that day, but we have to do it with a relationship. And it takes a very special caregiver. 1% of any population are what I call true caregivers. 
And we all have the capacity to be a caregiver. Think about it. I mean, if your husband was sick, you would be a caregiver. But to do caregiving as a profession day after day after day in strangers' homes, that takes a very special person. And it's a very gifted person to be able to do and commit their lives to something like that. So really only 1% of the population. And we're constantly working and training and hiring caregivers and filtering caregivers out that are relationship-oriented as opposed to transaction-driven. I often say about hospice nurses, I always say, wow, these are angels on earth because they're yes. in your house and they're preparing your food and they're, you know, watching your television shows and they are just, their job is to blend into your world and mm-hmm. make your life as comfortable as possible and help you and keep their stuff and their baggage outside. And I think probably only 1% of the world can actually be that selfless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it really is a unique. And, and so we've identified um, six qualities of what a care, what a real true caregiver is that 1% and these are kind of the base qualities i mean caregivers and human beings have you know 20 plus you know 24 plus um, different qualities behavioral attributes but we identified six that are specific to caregiving and like you said they're very special people to be able to do this on a daily basis and uh, one is they have to be relationship oriented they have to remain calm under certain circumstances, maybe there's a crisis or, um, you know, maybe somebody's having a heart attack and you can't panic. You got to be remain calm. Um, you have to be motivated to get up and go to work every morning and, and motivated to, um, you know, be proactive when you're in somebody's home and anticipate, look around you. Uh, you have to be um, also have a strong ability to want to learn and grow and uh, then compassion. Compassion is huge, especially you mentioned hospice. Our caregivers, and we measure, we have an algorithm um, that measures these six qualities that we've that I just identified. And this algorithm, we found that caregivers that work best with hospice are caregivers that are high in uh, compassion and high in self-control. Mm. That ability to remain calm when somebody is going through the process of dying. And it's it's huge. So we build all of our caregivers up and then assign them matchmaking. We're huge into matchmaking. Matchmaking the right caregiver to the right client. Perfect. Because that does matter. It doesn't matter just a boy to a boy and girl to girl, but... Like yeah. you're saying, the personality traits. Yeah, it, it's, it's huge. Um, we found that uh, many, many of our clients, you know, they have very specific needs. And so we also have an algorithm for our, our clients where we measure their needs on those six attributes that I just defined. And so if they're really high in compassion, we want to assign a caregiver that has the ability to give a high level of compassion back. Or maybe they need a a client needs a caregiver that has a high ability to um, be socially um, uh, intelligent, that ability to adapt and to blend into a com- into a family structure because remember we're we're complete strangers going into somebody's home and then it's not just mom and dad that we're taking care of but it's it's the the children 
and all of the grandchildren that come into that home. And it, it can be a, a, a mixed bag of all these relationships and personalities. So it's very imperative that we have the right caregiver for the right client. So what do you do for self-care? You're a very busy guy who's working with the aged and all of a sudden dealing with lots of other yeah. peoples and all. You've got to be able to peel yourself away and do something nice for you. What's that? Well, one of the things that uh, you and I were talking about this when I came into the studio and the end is that I've got, I do have a gym membership that I'm not using, a 24-hour fitness. I used to be like all over it. I was an adventure racer in my earlier days. In, I started that when I was in my 50s. And those were 100-mile race courses that, that were using maps and compasses. And we were rappelling and biking and running and, and uh, doing all that kind of stuff out in the wilderness with finding checkpoints. So the greatest um, race or whatever, the amazing race, but yeah, not Yeah, only, only on steroids. And it was much more, you know, backwoods. And uh, so I did that in my 50s. And then when I bought this business, uh, the comfort care business, you know, that changed everything. So what I've been doing is uh, yoga. Uh, uh, there's a studio in West Lynn that I go to after work, and I try to get there. My goal is to go at least um, five times a month, you know, is my goal, and at least once a week, and and, and sometimes that just doesn't happen. So yeah, I got to figure out better ways to be disciplined to get into the gym and and do that but how i get to the gym is cheapness i think okay it costs this much this month i've got to get my money's worth so i start dividing how many times <laughs> i've been in and i think ah it's pocketbook not, still hurting yeah you gotta get in yeah so i gotta put it on the date book either 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 get in and do it or then you, you got to justify that expense ah. and then I, I do enjoy hiking um in my adventure racing days in my earlier days i i um was uh you know we would do a lot of trails and we would train on those trails. Now I want to go back to those trails and just enjoy the things that we were pushing through and all the scenery I miss because we were pushing through so hard. It'd be nice to go back and take a leisurely stroll through those trails and all up and down the Columbia River, the Cascades, and the Coast Range. Oregon is an amazing place when it comes to uh, a natural beauty. God's creation is 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 phenomenal. And um, Christine and I had a, an opportunity to travel this last year. We went to India. So um, her her daughter and uh, son-in-law, he works at Intel, so they sent him to India. And uh, Christina has a, a grandson, little Noah, and uh, Megan and Nick went to India. So we got to go and, and spend time and make sure that Noah, little Noah was taken care of. And we had a wonderful time. It was just a great experience to see another culture and um, all the, uh, you know, the, the interesting things about India, the food and the religions and the ethnicity. It was, it was fabulous. So we do get that. And then, um, you know, my mom and dad are in their 90s. So we're real excited about, um, you know, traveling with them. They love to travel. They're still able they're to travel. They're in their 90s and they're traveling. Yeah, Inspirational. Well, my, yeah, my dad's still driving and uh, my mom's, you know, she's she stopped the driving thing, but uh, dad's still driving. They have a beach house in Lincoln City. Um, and I check on them to make sure that their driving abilities are still strong. And they are. Dad. Dad's just a, he's just a hard driver, go-getter. And, and, and I keep telling them, 
just keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. Um, don't listen to what everybody tells you you should do when it comes to the aging process. Do what you feel like doing. And so Christine and I, um, we became their travel agents uh, this past week, and we set um, some time in Hawaii for them. And so they're going to be getting on a plane by themselves to go to Hawaii, and then they're coming on a plane on their way back by themselves and all the things that you got to navigate through, a, uh, you know, an airport. And so it's, but they're getting slower and it's not going to be easy, but they're up for the challenge. And I say, go, go do it. Ironic that their son sets up caregivers, yet your own parents don't need your services. Well, they're, they're <laughs> not ready yet. But they're, I told them, I said, you know, you're going to stay at home. You're going to finish your life at home, the place that you feel most comfortable. Beautiful. And you will um, be getting caregivers at some point. So at 90, they, they just don't need them just yet. But I have a feeling, you know, is. It, you know, as the aging process, you know, you can't stop it. And uh, they can, they've slowed it down, that's for sure, but they can't stop it. So at some point, they are going to need a caregiver. I'm sure you're aware what a magnificent blessing it is to have two parents. Oh, it is huge, huge. I've always been blessed. I've had two sets of grandparents. Um, you know, some of the most influential people in my life were, were my, um, my mom's mom and dad. They lived in Forest Grove. I lived in, grew up in the Hillsborough area. We had a, a Christmas tree farm on David Hill in Forest Grove. So, um, you know, they were a huge, huge impact on my life. Uh, my grandfather, he was a, a successful businessman, logger. Um, they, he owned his own logging camps, uh, not only in the Astoria area, but up in uh, down in California, Northern California, and then ended up his final years up in Alaska. And it, it was really interesting. Uh, when I was in junior high, uh, just going into high school, I was just between freshman year, and so I got to spend the summer on a small island cake, and and uh, and we got to, you know, experience what it was to be a part of his world that he lived in as a logger uh, up in Alaska. And it was the most amazing experience. And he was had a huge impact on my life, for sure. And, Fantastic. And, and it, to, to make that story complete, I got to tell one, one more part of it. So this woman wanted to be on my Aging in Portland show. She has a business where she goes to facilities and teaches people all about, you know, eating properly and things like that. And she and I got to talking uh, as I was vetting her to be on our show. And she says, yeah, I was um, after college, I went up to Alaska and I said, really, uh, where did you go? She says, well, you wouldn't know anything about it. It's a little island called False Island. And I go, really? My grandfather logged that island and he says, she said, yeah, after they left that island, they were commissioned by the state of Alaska. And she was a part of a group that went in and, and cleaned it, you know, cleaned up and made it environmentally back to whatever it was supposed to be beyond what the with the logging company after they left it because they sold it to the Japanese at that time. And uh, it's so. It, it was interesting. I had a woman on my radio program just last year. And she was, we were both connected to False Island in Alaska through, you know, my grandfather's logging camp. That's amazing. You know, it's amazing. And it's not a coincidence what people sometimes say. I just say that is 
God working in your life. You needed somehow to hear about that, the closure or something. I find that just not even a small world, just you are both exactly right on schedule, where you need to be, the right place at the right time, and you mm-hmm. needed that human connection. And how wonderful that this even came into the conversation because you could have been sitting side by side having a conversation, not even knowing you had an amazing connection like that. Yeah. yeah. When you're connected to something like that, as beautiful as that land is and, and was and my memories of that, and then having somebody else share that that portion of that, you know, uh, land and the time and the experience um, with another human being that I had no knowledge of. And then we just all converged and our paths crossed. And then she was on my radio program. It was just, just amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love, love that. I yeah. love that too. A couple minutes left here. So let me ask you. All right. The, the famous question people ask of three famous people living or dead getting together for a dinner party that you could attend. Who do you think you'd want to be sitting at the table with you? Hmm. Great question. Um, uh, Lewis and Clark, can I have them as one? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's your time. You do what you want. Lewis and Clark, um, and and let's let's say without Jesus, because everybody, I would, uh, I would really want to spend. Let's just know he's there. Yeah, he's already he's already there. Okay, so Lewis and Clark, um, boy, great question. Um, I would say. Um, I would be more apt to answer that question than the most influential people in my life, not the ones that hey, I want to go back in history. That's great. They can sit there and eat too. Um, I would say Haddon Robinson was probably the most influential person on my in my life spiritually when it came to um, biblical preaching. Uh, Lewis and Clark, and let's see, who else back in history? Um, boy, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I have to think about that some more. Can I reserve that for the next time? Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. I could even ask you uh, what event in your life would have made a good movie. Hmm. You might need to think about that too. Yeah. Um, actually, um, my childhood, I loved my childhood growing up and the the influence that my grandparents and my parents had on us. We had... I had th- four siblings, three brothers and a sister. And, you know, my dad was a school teacher. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So you can imagine we didn't have a lot of money. So money had no influence. But I would love to go back and have a movie made of the times and life that we lived in. And we were the happiest of all. We just, we would camp and we would, I love camping. I love the experience of being up on the little North Fork of the Sandy M where we would go every summer. And that was the only thing that we could afford to do um, growing up because my dad was a school teacher. But we did that every August right before school started for two and a half weeks. You are a fortunate human, Mr. Mark Turnbull. I think that your idyllic childhood Seems like graced you going into the seminary, doing things you needed to do, and now knowing that your parents have such a wonderful aging hood, I think uh, yeah. the good things are going to follow you right through, huh? Yeah. Well, it's going to be a fun journey. It has been a fun journey. We love it, and I love life. I love living life large, and I encourage everybody to do the same. Live life large. 
You've been listening to KKPZ 1330 AM The Truth. Thank you so very much to my guest, Aging in Portland's radio host, Mark Turnbull. Until we meet again next week, be excellent to each other.